Welcome to Stripped Money Conversations. Welcome to a place where anybody can learn or talk about money. Whether you're young or whether you're old. Whether you're married to the love of your life or even if you're married to your career. Whether you have kids, are planning to have kids or even if you're one of those people who just prefers pets. Whether you're established or just entering the working world, welcome to a place where our conversations are not based on your bank balance, no, 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 but they're based on your unique needs and ambitions. I am your host, Lungile Mashiko. Remember that this show does not provide financial advice. These are just conversations between me and my guests, but I'd like to invite you on the journey so you and I can learn together. We're doing things differently this week. The cool guys at the Office Podcast asked me to come by and have a chat with them and strip down retirement. And I thought, why not bring that very conversation here? So here it is. Let's jump straight into it. So moving on to today's topic, I am so excited, guys. I've been waiting for this day forever. <laughs> we are talking about saving for retirement. Yes, and you need to listen to this. So please Damn make straight. sure that you are listening. <laughs> and uh, today's guest is uh, Lungi Lemashiko, who is um, a senior marketing manager in the finance and investment industry space. And she's also the... Um, brains behind strip money conversations and she also does uh, a personal finances co- uh, contribution for the morning show on etv welcome lungi welcome hi we need hi some nice sounds there. we need some clappy clappy <laughs> sounds for this beautiful lady joining us yes. today. welcome thank you i'm so excited to be on your show today so lungi let us know, like, um, intru- let us know who you are. Introduce yourself a little bit before we get into this topic that I cannot wait to get into. This heavy, heavy topic. Um, so I'm Lungile Mashiko, like you've said. Um, I've been in financial services as a marketer for close to 10 years now, which makes me feel a little bit old. Um, and I've been in this industry and learning, obviously, how to communicate with, with consumers around financial products. And obviously, along that journey, there's been so many lessons that I've learned. And when I talked to friends and family, the one thing that I picked up was that they don't know this information. So mm. that's where Stripped Money Conversations of podcast um, came from, is that I've got all of this information. I know a lot of people in the industry. Let's have simple conversations about money. And hopefully a lot of people will learn from that because hey, the jargon is, is intense there by financial services. So um, we try to simplify it on the podcast. So that's who I am. I'm also a mom to a two-year-old. Oh. I'm married to my high school sweetheart <laughs> as yes. well. Um, yeah. So, that so yeah, sweet. that's me in a nutshell. That is so oh, sweet. Great. <laughs> We are so happy to have you. And one thing that I really like that you just touched on before we even get into the topic is that, you know, like your podcast, Strip Money Conversations, does like simple conversations around finances. And like you say, there's a lot of jargon. There's a lot of like terms that 
no one knows even i i feel like not even educated people know and it's not even about like mm. a level of education is that no matter how educated you are sometimes but if you're not um a finance person you might not even understand some of those things and to be honest mm. i feel like we are done a disservice by not teaching us finances and taxes and all of those things at school yeah out here in the real world it's rough <laughs> i have to agree with that rough. I have to agree with that. Um, and for me, I think it's the stats that scare me the most. Um, even seeing the different stories, even online on social media, you have all these really um, you know, knowledgeable people who are still making really bad financial decisions. And it's not because they don't want to do better. It's just that they don't know any better. And sometimes it's like only experience will teach you. So I'm so excited to have Lungi here as well, because I think we'll ask her some really relevant questions that are not only relevant to the experienced um, employee out there, but also relevant to the up-and-coming graduate who has just maybe scored their first um, permanent gig and has to deal with things like pension funds and retirement annuities, but also knowing how to save um, and how else to put money away for their retirement. Because also, we, the, we are the generation that believes in YOLO, right? Um, you only mm-hmm. live once. And I think COVID also heightened that excitement to, uh, to be on some, well, what if I die tomorrow? But then also, what if you live for over 60 years? Then what? So we never really know where we stand. And so I think this was a very important conversation. So I do have to say thank you to Lunga again for, um, for joining us today. And maybe we can start um, live with some of the first questions. Yes. So I think just to start it off um, on something that uh, Uki had touched on, um, what is the difference between a provident fund and a retirement annuity? Maybe let's just start there because I don't think a lot of people know the difference. I know for sure I didn't know the difference for a long time. I just thought they were kind of the same. Yeah. So a provident fund is instituted by your workplace. So you'll know that when you start a new job, you're going to get loads of forms to complete. And how it works is that you belong to that fund as long as you are employed by that company. And what that does is that they take a portion of your salary and they invest it for you for your retirement. Um, What then happens is that when you retire, you're able to take your entire retirement benefit as as a lump sum and you can choose what portion of it to reinvest in other funds so that it can obviously um, work for you in the long term but before we start we go there right Um, and okay let me explain the retirement annuity and I just want to explain retirement as well what is this thing that we're talking about because that that is also um, there's so many explanations of it out there Um, But let's start with retirement annuity. And with the retirement annuity, it's the same goal. It is for saving for your retirement. But anybody can contribute to an RA. You can be employed, self-employed, already belong to a pension or provident fund. Most of the time, this fund that you invest in is outside of the organization that you work for. So you can then think, okay, cool. Um, The fund that my company provides is probably not going to be sufficient for my retirement. Let me find something else out there that will help supplement my provident fund. And what you do then is you go find one and you invest in one. The difference between the two is that um, on retirement, on the retirement annuity, because it's so heavily legislated, you can only take one third of your money as a lump sum. 
and the remaining two thirds must be reinvested in an income generating annuity. And that is fancy to say, you must take that money and reinvest it into something else that will give you money on a monthly basis that you can live off when you're retired. And just retirement, right? Um, retirement is the time that you spend when you stop working. Um, usually that's between the ages of 55 to 60, but people are living longer and some mm. people are deciding to retire at 70 or not retire at all. Um, so now when you're still young, you really need to start thinking about how you will earn income during this period or save enough money during your working years to ensure that you at least you maintain the lifestyle that you have right now when you are 60 or 55 years old. That makes a lot of sense. And I think it's great that we started right here in the beginning because what we don't understand as Black people is, mostly rather as Black people, and I'm only referencing an article I actually read in SABC News, is that a lot of um, the challenges that we have from a retirement perspective is due to the fact that there's South Africa is dealing with a lot of intergenerational debt. Um, so young yes. people are not taught early in life to actually start saving. So I personally only made contact with the whole retirement annuity and pension fund discussions, I think, after varsity. I don't know about you, Lai, but for me, it was a conversation I only had when I started actually working. So I can only imagine... Um, someone who spends a lot of their 20s unemployed, how do they even start having these sort of conversations about retirement annuity? And maybe the next question should be, who um, as a young person should I be speaking to about retirement annuities and pension funds? So do I call a Lungi on Twitter? Do I tweet Lighten? Who do I talk to? How do I get a hold of anyone? So how do I even start? You know, where do I start? Um, so... People should start by understanding what their retirement goal is. And once you've decided that retire, saving for retirement is something that you need to know, and it is daunting as you get into it, like we talked about in the beginning, there's a lot of jargon and a lot of things that you don't understand. The right place to start is by speaking to somebody who is experienced at this, and that's normally a financial planner who will assist you in making the right decision for your um, retirement savings. And if anybody's experience is like mine, I also. So my parents are avid savers, but we've never really talked about um, investing for retirement in my, in my young age. Um, but when I started, it wasn't my, my second job, I'd say. That's when I sat down with a financial advisor who, who threw a lot of papers at me and said, sign here, this is what you get. This is with no clear explanation in terms of what is it that I'm actually signing up for and how should I approach it as a young 21-year-old who's just starting off in the workplace. So unfortunately, as with everything that is money-related, a lot of the research you have to do yourself, even before you consult with a financial planner, so that you can ask the right questions in terms of what your goals are and what you want to achieve with your retirement. Um, using a professional always helps um, to help you clear up your mind and your decision-making as well. That is, that is such a good one. Um, and also like, I think, you know, um, <laughs> I saw this meme on, online, actually, before I get into that, that say that, um, you know, as, uh, as uh, this uh, retirement 
um, calculations go, I think I'll literally be able to comfortably leave for two minutes after I retire, <laughs> which is quite funny. <laughs> and um, so my, my whole thing, I think like what I, what, what I need to sort of like um, for you to shed a light on Lung is that of course you need to start, you know, the younger you are, the better, but like when is, when is it the best time to start from like, um, depending on when you get your job, like what, and what should you prioritize when you start mm, looking at That's a very job? good question. Um, so my famous answer is the earlier you start, the better. You should have started yesterday if you haven't started mm. yet. But the earlier you start, the sooner you can get your money to work for you. Um, your 20s are really a great time to start because this is a time in your life when you can afford to put away a large chunk of money with, and you don't have a lot of expenses. I'm in my 30s now and I remember how inexpensive life was way back then. Um, you know, you're living at home. I lived at home. Um, I didn't have much to to contribute um, in the household. And I, mm-hmm. the first expensive thing I bought was a car and that was really my only expense. My biggest regret is that I didn't start saving more at that point. So mm-hmm. in your 20s, retirement might seem far, but it's actually sooner. It will be here sooner than you think. Let me give you um, an example that I always give. Um, if you start putting away, um, okay, let's use 1,000. You start putting away 1,000 towards your retirement um, at the age of 25. So 1,000 rand a month. And that money gets 10% growth on an annual basis. You could have 5.5 million rand at your retirement. And the majority wow. of that money would come from compound interest. Because when you actually calculated, you would have only invested 480,000 rand. So where does 5.5 million come from? Right. It's just you having skin in the game being in the market, being invested. That's what compound interest does. And that's the benefit of starting early with your investments. If you took that same 10,000 Rand and you start now when you're 35, you would earn 40% less because you've missed out on the 10 years of compound interest. So mm-hmm. I, think that's the, I think that just highlights for me the importance of starting early. And it's not just about your retirement savings. It's about anything at all. Um, we all have goals, financial goals um, that we have. And the sooner you start saving or investing for them, the better. And the numbers speak for themselves. I don't even have to motivate you. Oh. That is so that is, cool. That is actually quite, you know, enlightening. And um, and this compound interest, Lunga, that you speak of, can mm. you get, of like a regular IA that you have, let's say with you know a financial provider, one name any companies, or via your provident fund, or is it like specific different types of um, investments? It's 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 it would be anywhere. Um, so part of the research that you do when you're going to invest in a retirement annuity, um, especially if you're going at it independently, is to look at the returns that it it, it provides on an annual basis. Um, And you do that by looking at the product fact sheet. So it's a document that really talks about the product's performance. Mm -hmm. And what you want to look at is how, what is the performance of that fund? Inflation is 6%. So you really are looking for something that beats inflation. Um, The example that I gave you of 10% is really the bare minimum of what um, your investment product should do. 
So now imagine that amount if um, you got 15% returns or 20% returns, um, which a lot of the providers achieved last year, um, the, the amount could be exponential. Um, so the trick is to, to look at the provider that you are investing in and do your research. Um, don't let the financial advisor choose the products for you without you understanding how, how, how much they're going to return. And I think the biggest issue with retirement is, is with retirement planning is that, and I've seen this in my own family, somebody would be like, I oh, know I'm saving your saver, um, you know, um, keep a 3000 every month and the money is being saved. But because you don't understand, you, you, not, you haven't built a relationship with your finances to make sure that you check on an annual basis, Wuti, how is this fund performing? You'll find that in retirement, when you need the money, you only have, say, 200,000. And when they come back to you and they're like, no, the fund performed like this, like this, like this. But because you haven't been able to check how well the fund is performing and if it's not performing, you move it to a performing fund. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of the, the anxiety and depression, that's how it occurs in retirement because our parents think they're doing the right thing, but they're not being invested in what they're investing in. Ooh, look, listen oh. to that, invested in what they're investing Dropping in. Dropping bombs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you have to have a very good relationship with the money decisions that you make and be on top of it. You can't leave it to a financial advisor to... Um, to make those decisions for you. Jesus, I've been guilty yeah. of that until recently, mm. but I have, I have to say um, since starting or being employed, I've left, I've always left everything to a financial advisor. It's only recently that I have actually started becoming a, lot, a little bit more active or proactive in actually finding out what this particular organization offers or what this particular financial advisor can get me or whether I'm overinsured because there are instances where you people really are overinsured yes. and don't even know it. Um, so I have to admit to everyone on this podcast as well as all the listeners that as much as you know things look cool on the outside, I definitely have been really bad with that. So Lungi makes a really good point there. I, de- I definitely have to take my out, but I can safely say that I've become a little bit more proactive in trying to fix that because it is a reality. And if I'm admitting to it now, I can only imagine how many people out there who are also employed, mm-hmm. who are not aware of what is happening or how to take care of their savings and retirement like that, as you mentioned it. Yeah. My challenge right. to everyone listening is to start off by doing it once a year. I mean, you just ask for the fund fact sheet for that year in January and you look at how well this fund has performed and what it has meant for your savings and your goals. Um, and then at that, in that way, you can make better decisions. And then you're starting to build that relationship with, with your money. You can't leave it to anybody else because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you are the one who's retiring and you are the one who needs that money. Very true. Mm. yeah that is very true i've actually like learned so much <laughs> just by that because uh i think like here i also like left it out to um out a long time to actually do that and just make sure that i know what the money is uh doing and really in longest words being invested in what i'm investing i love that i think i'm going to literally put it as we need to trademark that 
You need to actually <laughs> trademark it because it's so good. I had to write it down. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, Lingi, I've got uh, like uh, so a few other questions, but then I wanted to know about, um, you know, like some tax breaks, tax benefits that come with this. Can you please like educate us a little bit for some people who might not know? Um, when in a provident fund, um, everything that you invest is tax deductible um so what your so in a provident fund you'll find that most employers match what you put in so they'll mm -hmm. say you put in 10 percent we'll match it by 10 percent and if you're lucky to find an employer that does that put in the most amount of money that you can because it just means that they're going to match it which means that you get more invested oh. into your retirement um, that's free money that's just waiting for you um, rather than only investing the minimum and they match the minimum. If they say the maximum is 30%, go 30%, then you know that you're investing a lot into your retirement and that will only benefit you in future. But okay, so both of those are tax deductible, member and employer contributions. Um, but with a retirement uh, retirement annuity, your contributions are also tax deductible. What this means is that you don't pay any tax in your while you're paying for your retirement. There's no dividends withholding tax or any profit tax that you pay. But when you do retire, you are going to have to pay some tax. So that money will be taxed mm. upon retirement. That sucks. Okay. Yeah, I can't get away you. from the tax, man. So oh, actually, we just get away. and like, I'm so sorry to cut in, but um, the reason why I want to ask this question is because this tax question goes back to a point Lumi made earlier on around, um, the, you know, withdrawing a third um, once you leave a company versus two thirds that need to stay in. One trend that I've picked up with a lot of people, and it's not necessarily their fault but also because money is constantly tight for people but there's this thing where every time people resign they actually withdraw from their pension funds instead of keeping it and reinvesting can you just explain to us what the implications of withdrawing every time you you know you move to another company um ah so what are the implications what are the tax implications what does that mean for your future savings because this is a trend that happens quite a lot with young people mm. are with uh, resigning or leaving a company and then they try and withdraw money for current needs from their pension funds yeah and i think it's such an easy thing to do right because when you leave a company they'll ask you what do you want to do with this money and who will say, I don't want it? Mm. Um, a lot of people are doing that. And, and to be honest, I'll admit I did that as well when I left my first job, but because I didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. um, people do that because the money becomes accessible. You start thinking about, okay, cool. How am I going to make a good first impression at my new job? When um, life was mm. pre-COVID, it would mean maybe I need to get a new wardrobe, I need to buy a car or upgrade my car or whatever it is. And people find use for that money. But what that means is if you were at your previous company for five years and you were investing towards your retirement for five years, um, 
that amount of money is now lost. So all of the gains that we talked about that were compound interest related are lost. It means that you have to start all over again. You've lost five years of momentum um, while you are to get this money, which is an instant gratification thing. I always say to people, you've never seen that money. You've never touched it. So why touch it now? Think about it as money that you, you don't have. And what that means is that your next employer will just add on to the existing lump sum that you have. And then you still get the benefits of your money growing optimally for your, your retirement. Um, now, I understand that a lump sum of money is always welcome. But then I implore people to think about their future selves because there's nobody else who's going to look after you if you don't um, in the long term. Mm, yeah, great. that is actually quite, yeah, that's actually quite insightful, Lungi. Um, And I know that for a while because I'm a gay man and I don't plan on having kids, so I really <laughs> need to have this. <laughs> you need to because you can't rely on any kids to look after you when you are old and gray right <laughs> exactly exactly uh, and Lingi, just uh, you know by touching on that with uh, moving into the next to your next um employer um mm. can you is it possible like what if the what if i'm on a different like uh I don't want to mention any brands, but like, what if a different service provider was supplying, my, was providing my, sorry, was servicing my previous employer, and now moving into a different company, and they do have a different service provider? What happens in that case, and is it possible to have two reti- uh, retirement plans? Yes. So when you leave your employer, you've got two options. One option is to move your money to your new employer. So whatever, whoever they use, you can still do that. The service providers that each company use need to talk to each other and move your money across. That's normally like a one and a half month process because, you know, admin is so tedious, but that gets done seamlessly. You don't see the money doesn't reach your bank account. They just move it from one supplier to another. Another option that you can have, so we talked about people really needing that lump sum of money. Maybe there is a middle ground, right? So there's Mm -hmm. something called a pension preserver fund. It's called a preserver Mm -hmm. fund. And what you do is that you take your money and you put it into a preserver account. What that that does is is that it preserves that money. Um, It will stay invested um, for as long as you require until retirement. But the benefit of a preserver account is that you get one lump sum withdrawal. So if ever you come into a bind or you don't know what to do or you know, you're having financial difficulties, you can always use that as something to fall back on to say, okay, cool, I've got one lump sum withdrawal um, for the duration of this investment. Let me use that money um, for whatever it is that I need. So at least then you are having your cake and eating it too, because you're getting a little bit of money and you're still saving for your retirement. But obviously first prize is to just remain invested with your, mm. your, your full amount. Mm. That makes a lot of oh, sense. That is, that is so good. Um, and Lungi, how, um, how else can I save for my retirement? How, can, how do I diversify? What are, options that are available out there that are good enough i do know that mm. obviously you're not a financial advisor but i think you know more than we know and if there's anything that you know that you like to share share that'll be like 
quite great on different options of investments that we can um, invest in over and above our retirement. So that let's say, as you mentioned with the pension preserver, let's say we want to dip in when we get into hard times or lose a job or we need to, you know, pay like a house transfer fees and stuff like that. So and house transfer fees is a good reason really to, to dip into that. Um, yes. I'm not a financial advisor, so everything is hashtag, this is not advice. But it's always a good idea to supplement your retirement savings, especially if you're just relying on what your company is um, investing for you. And I always say, the first thing that you need to do if you are thinking about investing in another format is to get a tax-free investment account. Hmm. And I say investment purposefully because there are tax-free savings accounts out there. What that does is that it, it allows you to save a maximum of 36,000 Rand every year tax-free. So we talked about a retirement annuity where you're going to get taxed at retirement. With this product, there's absolutely no tax, which means that more of your money is going into growth. Mm. So I would say if you're wanting to diversify your retirement savings, start with a tax-free investment account. And um, you can get that from many providers and it comes in different forms. There are unit trusts from unit trust providers that are tax-free investment-based. There are um, ETFs, which are exchange-traded funds that you can buy tax-free. And there are also um, other investment platforms that provide investment services that provide tax-free investment bundles and what that means is that it's a couple of ETFs put into one and you can purchase that um, as a lump sum and then you get exposed to more um, asset classes. Woo, now I've just said a lot of jargon, right? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ETFs are exchange traded funds, which is basically like a unit trust. It's almost like you're buying a cake. There's, a, there's an existing cake and you're just getting a piece of that cake. It's got all of the ingredients. It's got all of the the eggs and the chocolate if it's a chocolate cake and the flour and all of that instead of buying the flour and the eggs etc separately you buying the cake so you're getting the benefit of the full investment just one slice of it that's what an etf does and one of the most popular ones is the top 40 that invests in the top performing 40 shares in the south african um johannesburg stock exchange um so if you invest in an ETF like that, that already gives you diversity and you get it tax-free, sounds like a good plan to me. It is. If you it already is. have it, yeah. If you already have a tax-free investment account, you can think about um, unit trusts and um, other types of portfolios, individual shares as well, um, just to supplement your retirement savings. Is this what, Lungi, can I ask, is this what people will refer mm -hmm. to as liquid assets? Because um, I've heard people talking about making sure that you increase your liquid assets when it comes to planning for your finances in the future. Yeah, so depending on which shares and unit trusts you purchase, you can refer to them as liquid assets. And what a liquid asset is, is how readily available that money can be when you need it. So if you then decide to go into a 
an investment that locks your investment in for five years that is not liquid but if you do a tax-free investment account which allows you to withdraw at any point of your investment that is liquid so it's it's about accessibility nice mm. one makes sense makes a lot of sense I am learning so much today. <laughs> My God, <laughs> like learning so, so, so much. I hope you guys have been learning too. Um, and I, I don't have any further questions, Kia. Do you have any further questions for Lungi? So I actually want to share some stats um, from a report that came out this year. So it's the 10 times investment retirement reality report. It comes out annually mm. and it, um, you know, they survey a large number of South Africans just to see and test where we're at from an investment perspective. And I thought, let me share some facts. Obviously, you guys can go and check out their website directly. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to share some 2021 stats that are a little bit triggering and a little bit sad. But COVID has certainly had a take, have, has taken a toll um, on finances in every household. And what we're also seeing is half of the report respondents um, admit to not having any savings. Um, and a lot of them... Are not even planning, um, you know, are not even one, or it says rather not even one out of 10 are planning um, for retirement. And then on the earlier on, they also talk about um, about 50% of the respondents actually planning for retirement. But looking at the other 50%, um, or rather the 50% that is um, already planning, 50% of those, that 50% doesn't even know how much um, or know much about their plans. And that goes back to Lumi's point about us not being proactive in checking, um, you know, fund fact sheets and understanding exactly how our funds are actually performing. Only 39% of respondents in the survey believe that they understood their fund. Um, 64% of people surveyed could not even afford to save. So let's not let's just take it there because according to Stats South Africa, um, we are dealing with we are actually dealing with 49.2% of South Africans who live below the poverty line. So imagine being part of that 42%, 49% rather, and not even being able to meet um, your daily needs and now being required to actually save. So that was a scary stat. And then I also saw that 74% of respondents said that they will need to supplement their income after retirement. So meaning, and I'm going back to Lumi's point about how else can we, you know, support our pension funds from work, the RAs, mm -hmm. looking into the liquid assets. A lot of people can't actually live off the pension fund alone, so they will need to supplement that. And some people will probably start businesses or side hustles or anything of that sort. So that was those were some stats that I read about and that were a little bit scary. I would um, recommend that everyone do go there 10 times investment. So it's about 10x. Um, .co.za and they've got the retirement report there. I think one of the saddest things for me was the fact that of the, you know, of all these stats, women are the hardest hit because women at retirement age have a higher life expect expectancy than men, which means we need to require, a, we require a largely bigger retirement savings pot. However, we actually earn approximately 30% less than our male counterparts on average. Mm -hmm. So those are some scary stats, but I would definitely, um, what we'll do actually is share the report on our social media pages, because I'm quite keen to have the masses read this and then it might just, you know, spark something in you to want to save a little bit more and do a little bit more for your future. I know it's YOLO, but I think let's rather play it safe um, and start yeah. saving. Yeah. 
I think we can get a balance. Um, That 10x report for me is always sobering. I think it's probably one of the, I'm one of the first people who reads it when it comes out. And each year you think it's going to get better, but it doesn't. Um, There's another stat that says only 6% of South Africans can afford to retire well, which Mm -hmm. means that the lifestyle that you're living now you, you probably won't live it in retirement if you don't make the right changes. Like and then you have lemonade pockets for champagne lifestyle. Mm. Yeah, die. we're living our best lives now, but then if you can't even afford the same lifestyle you have now when you 55 can you imagine how long your life is going to be and let's remember the government grant is 1900 at this moment what do you do with 1900 rand you probably use that to pay one bill and what about the rest of your life um it's it's sad it's triggering i yeah that report is always sobering so please share it with the listeners i think they'll be very interested to see what's in there and it will help scare them into making the right decisions probably exactly. well. probably well. i think i think more of us need to start reading that report to be honest mm. and um you know like when we're just discussing this uh report right now i just thought of a few things um Lungi, what happens if like uh, you know i'm a young person entering the work market but like um my company doesn't really offer you know like a retirement fund what are the steps that i need to do uh, to do that and also like you know to put in context how much people earn when they start uh, working and usually it's not like that much so are there small efforts that you can start doing to just start cultivating um, um, yourself to to be in a better financial space and thinking about for your sure. retirement for sure um the first thing you do is to get that tax reinvestment account that I spoke of. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the first thing that you can do to help yourself get there, to give yourself that kickstart. Um, and a lot of the financial services providers actually do cater for the younger person who is starting off working. I mean, you can invest in a retirement annuity from even 200 grand a month. Um, so it's a matter of you deciding, okay, cool, this is what I need to do for myself and speak to a financial advisor and get their opinions on how you can get started um, with that. Um, there are many, many options out there. So although we are all in a, in a dire situation where we are all cash strapped and really saving and investing is a luxury, um, if you do have that extra 100, 200 grand every month, start there and then you know you'll catch up when you earn better or when you can afford to um, at a later stage at least establish the discipline of getting started and saving towards um, your retirement or for your future self um, and then that will help work work better for you and a lot of young people struggle with this retirement thing right because even now, as I'm sitting here, I'm in my 30s. I can't imagine my retired self. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine my future self, which is another reason why people are not doing it. It's like, ah, I'll think about it when I'm 40. 
Yeah. But I challenge people to sit back and think about their future selves. Remember a few years ago, there was that face app where you could take a picture and then it would age you. Maybe exactly. take one of those pictures and say, look at it and think about what is this person going to be earning every month? Mm. What is this person going to be um, relying on? Who can they rely on? If, if you don't have those answers, then you must really start thinking about how you can get yourself to a good place in retirement. Sure. Sobering. Sure. Sobering much. Sobering, but then, you know, the hardships that we need to know and that we need to actually, you know, consider. And yeah, guys, <laughs> you know what? I feel like money is always a tough conversation, but it's the conversation that's always worth having. Mm. So um, thank you, Lungi, for actually championing this and, you know, teaching us a lot about saving for retirement. And guys, if I haven't stated enough from what Lungi said. You need to be invested in what you're investing. Trademark that, Lungi. <laughs> We're actually going to make it a post. I think and a quote. So. I'm going to put it brilliant. up for everybody to see it. <laughs> it is brilliant. Yeah, and also, guys, look, uh, look into the tax-free savings account, as Lungi mentioned, uh, and just make sure that you start saving as soon as you can i know most of us are late but you know what better late than never so the sooner you start saving the better thank you so much Lungi. this has been quite insightful i have learned a lot and i thought i knew a few things too but then i'm like i was you should have seen my face half of the time i literally was just like oh disgusting <laughs> thank you so much Lungi. it was really helpful and hopefully our listeners have taken some nuggets and actually do something with it. But we will make sure to share a lot more with you guys from the conversation with Lungi on our social media platforms. So make sure that you follow us at the Office Podcast SA. Thank you to the Office Podcast, Lighten and Gear for this great chat. You can listen to their podcast on all streaming platforms as they help you navigate the ever-changing world of work and its complexities. Thank you so much for your time. You have been listening to an episode of Stripped Money Conversations. Please share the love by subscribing to this podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And let me know what you thought of this show on social media. Just search Strip Money Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you have topic suggestions, please slide into my DM and let's see if we can make it happen. Have a good day.